Thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life. To the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouths shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 73 Truly God is loving unto Israel, even unto such as are of a clean heart. Nevertheless, my feet were almost gone, my treadings had well nigh slipped. And why, I was grieved at the wicked, I do also see the ungodly in such prosperity. For they are in no peril of death, but are lusty and strong. They come in no misfortune like other folk, neither are they plagued like other men. And this is the cause that they are so holden with pride, and cruelty covereth them as a garment. Their eyes swell with fatness, and they do even what they lust. They corrupt other, and speak of wicked blasphemy. Their talking is against the Most High. For they stretch forth their mouth unto the heaven, and their tongue goeth through the world. Therefore fall the people unto them, and therefore thereout suck they no small advantage. Hush, say they, how should God perceive it? Is there knowledge in the Most High? Lo, these are the ungodly, these prosper in the world, and these have riches in possession. And I said, Then have I cleansed my heart in vain, and washed my hands in innocency. All the day long I have, have I been punished, and chastened every morning. Yea, and I had almost said even as they, but lo, then I should have condemned the generation of thy children. Then thought I to understand this, but it was too hard for me until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I the end of these men. Namely, how thou dost set them in slippery places, and castest them down, and destroyest them. 
Oh, how suddenly did they consume, perish, and come to a fearful end. Yea, even like as a dream when one awaketh, so shalt thou make their image to vanish out of the city. Thus my heart was grieved, and it went even through my reins. So foolish was I and ignorant, even as it were a beast before thee. Nevertheless, I am always by thee, for thou hast holden me by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and after that receive me with glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee, and there is none upon earth that I desire in comparison of thee? My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For lo, they that forsake thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed all them that are unfaithful unto thee. But it is good for me to hold me fast by God, to put my trust in the Lord God, and to speak of all thy works in the gates of the daughter of Sion. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 24th verse of the 44th chapter of the book of Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, and he who formed you from the womb. I am the Lord who makes all things, who stretches out the heavens all alone, who spreads abroad the earth by himself, who frustrates the signs of the babblers and drives diviners mad, who turns wise men backward and makes their knowledge foolishness who confirms the word of his servant and performs the counsel of his messengers, who says to Jerusalem, you shall be inhabited, to the cities of Judah, you shall be built, and I will raise up her waste places, who says to the deep, be dry, and I will dry up your rivers, who says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd, and he shall perform all my pleasure, saying to Jerusalem, you shall be built, and to the temple, your foundation shall be laid. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held, to subdue nations before him and loose the armor of kings, to open before him the double doors, so that the gates will not be shut. I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places, that you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by your name, am the God of Israel. For Jacob my servant's sake, and Israel my elect, I have even called you by your name. I have named you, though you have not known me. Here ends the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath hope in his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed forever. 
Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the fifth chapter of the first epistle of St. Peter. The elders who are among you I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another, and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Here ends the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty God, who has given thine only Son to be unto us both a sacrifice for sin and also an ensample of godly life, Give us grace that we may always most thankfully receive that his inestimable benefit, and also daily endeavor ourselves to follow the blessed steps of his most holy life. Through the same thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thy only Son, 
our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening to all. The three readings tonight from Psalm 73, from Isaiah 44, and from 1 Peter 5, um, all concern shepherding. This is the week after Good Shepherd Sunday, and uh, for the most part, we focused on the nature of God as shepherd. And tonight, we take a moment to reflect on the shepherds that God raises up among his people to, um, to sort of shepherd them in their, uh, in their journeys, their journeys through the world. Um, Psalm 73 is a song of Asaph, and Asaph is, a, is very likely a Levitical priest, uh, most likely uh, of the temple, um, and is using, it uses a lot of temple imagery to uh, reflect on, uh, on, the, on the different events that um, form the, the subject of his psalms. So there's about, I believe, about 17 of them all said and done um, that are attributed to him. Uh, and so tonight in Psalm 73, you really have what you might look at as like a sort of a pastoral meditation um, looking at the, you know, the, the rigors of um, exhorting people and personally demonstrating an example of holiness for the people and being an, a sort of symbol and emblem of, of, a, of a life faithful to the covenant um, in the face of the people while, um, while at the same time um, feeling like you're getting kind of kicked in the teeth by, uh, by the expediency of, of doing cutting corners of, of when it comes to faithfulness in order to get ahead in the world. Um, this has, uh, you know, never been a sort of a foreign uh, concept to ministry, um, and anyone who's who sort of has pondered this in their heart can you know, can see like, yeah, it sometimes seems like you'd be a lot more successful if you didn't have so many um, so much concern for uh, faithfulness to God or the uh, eventual outcome, uh, the long game of all of our thoughts, words, and actions. Um, and, you know, being in ministry, this is, this is sometimes a, a sort of a, something that ponder, one ponders in the heart is like, wow, it just it seems like uh, this this uh, this vocation is just kind of geared towards uh, kind of kind of getting uh, kind of getting, uh, you know, getting left like left behind in all these sort of metrics of success um, in the hope of in the eager expectation of future glory. Um, and that's and that's you know nothing new to the people of God, of course. Um, we can we can empathize with that with the with Asaph here. And Psalm seventy three has two major dips in that um, in the rigor of that hopeful expectation. Um, you know he sort of starts out perplexed and then you know says oh but then I came into the sanctuary of God and then I understood these men and then I pondered this in my heart and then I sort of suffered this sort of like you know shadow of doubt again and then I came back again. I remember that. In the long, in the in the long run, you know, even though your people, your faith, your faithful people seem to, you know, and really do suffer for a season, uh, that in the end you vindicate your people always. Um, and when we turn to the Isaiah lesson, um, you know, this this concept of you know Asaph being this person who embodies the, um, you know, embodies the shepherd of Israel, you know, who becomes this sort of this, this this person who gives voice to this struggle in the heart of Israel to remain a, a pure and undivided heart to God. Um, it becomes, you know, it, it becomes the message that comes through Isaiah, who himself, as a prophet, is continually being raised up to call the people back to faithfulness again, much in the same way that the priests, the faithful priests of the temple were called to do. Um, and in this case, uh, the shepherd metaphor gets extended almost uh, to, to a sort of shocking and almost scandalous degree. Um, as we see in, as 44 gives way to 45, uh, we see that even Cyrus of Persia is going to be raised up as a kind of shepherd of Israel 
um, to sort of um, be a sign to the to the nations, of course, that God alone is God, but then also to um, sort of astonish his own people back into um, a sense of um, a, a sense of faithfulness again, into a into a kind of trust um, that he keeps his word and can do and will do the thing that he says he's going to do. Um, and so the idea that Cyrus, uh, the, the the king of Persia, would be the um, person who would sort of end the captivity and send the people back to the promised land to rebuild their temple and be the, the next temple builder in the line of temple builders like Moses and Solomon is just kind of this laughably, you know, outrageous thing to suggest until it actually comes to pass. Uh, much in the same way as Isaiah records, like, you know, the idea of crossing the Red Sea on dry land is a laughably impossible thing until it actually happens. And so it is with the nature of, of sort of faithful expectation. that It's like, OK, yeah, all things are being redeemed and all things are being renewed. And we'll, you know, we'll stand with our own feet on the new heavens and the new earth. It's like, yeah, this place is pretty broke, is pretty broken to pieces and people are tearing each other limb from limb, even as we speak. And uh, and we're going to be you know set at peace with one another, and all knees shall bow to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And then it which seems like wow, that's a really outlandish thing to suggest until it comes to pass. As we're in Easter tide right now, right, and the resurrection of Christ is a wild thing to think, um, an impossible thing to think until it comes to pass, and it really does come to pass. And this is the whole backdrop of Peter's exhortation in chapter five, no longer to the church, the churches necessarily, but to the pastors among them, the shepherds of the churches saying, you know, remember that in the suffering that is about to come that we read in 4.12 through the end of chapter four, um, the, the judgment that is coming on the house of God will present the church with fiery trials, but not to lose their innocence in the midst of it and not to be swayed by the temptation to imitate earthly power, earthly aspirations to power as the elders of the church. Um, this is something that is, you know, as we round out Good Shepherd Sunday, is to remember Jesus Christ, the great shepherd who did not lay hands on um, the kind of the violence of earthly power, but rather suffered the humiliation of death, of his death on the cross, and then was exalted above all things. So it's a call to all those who are, who are, who get, who get raised up either you know in, in a kind of formal setting in the church or even just in our our sort of our homes work and leisure as we say in the litany um, that as we are raised up to be a living icon of faithfulness and innocent faithfulness to god um, to expect that fiery trial and expect in the midst of it a real temptation to um, see uh, worldly power as a an expedient um, in all the forms that it takes as an expedient way um, to get to the end that we think we want and then realizing that the end that God has in mind for us is something that cannot be acquired by laying hands on worldly power um, and to disdain that in favor of innocently waiting and often suffering um, that we might get the vindication that is actually the uh, the outcome of our, our true heart's desire there. So it's a call and an exhortation to come back to that, to that humility and that humble expectation tonight. Continuing with our intercession, let us pray. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. 
bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice, and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake, who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. O most loving Father, who willest us to give thanks for all things, to dread nothing but the loss of thee, and to cast all our care on thee who carest for us. Preserve us from faithless fears and worldly anxieties and grant that no clouds of this mortal life may hide from us the light of that love which is immortal, and which thou hast manifested unto us in thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for joining in tonight, and thank you to Aaliyah and to Robert for, for co-leading tonight. Hope you all have a wonderful start to your weekends. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good Thank night, you. everybody. Father Hayden, I'm sorry I cut off the last verses of the second reading. I just oh finished. no 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 sin. It's all good. Yeah. Thanks for uh, no. Thanks for reading tonight. It was really well done. I'll see you again. See you again.